And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, hello to everyone. It is Super Bowl Sunday. That's right. It's the day that the Niners will beat the Chiefs. <laughs> this guy. I had to do it, dude. I had to. The Niners taking on the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I love it. All the Not flavors as much in as the you cabinet. do since you are a huge Chiefs KC Chiefs fan. All the all the flavors in the cabinet and you chose to be fucking salty today. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Had to throw it in there, baby. Yeah, it's you know, it's uh it's one of those it's one of those things where we've beaten them before in the Super Bowl, you know, yeah. and um we expected that we may see them again. Then they went out and got Christian McCaffrey. And I was like, man, there's just no way this team's not going to be a, a Super Bowl contender, at least a number, but at least getting there, I think. Um, you know what scares me the most, though? And I think it's the biggest jinx ever is fucking Drake bet on us, that son of a bitch. Oh, dude, that's the He's that's the kiss of death right He's there. He's fucked us. We're done. That is the kiss of death. No fucking Mr. Pfizer or fucking Swifty's going to save us now. <laughs> We're done for. We're fucking done for. I love it. Man, I, I, you know what's great is I love hearing all these conspiracy theories going around. Now, there may be some stuff going on with the whole Swifty thing and then the, the whole presidential election and stuff. But I don't think it has nothing to do with football. But uh, but it's it's so weird, man. Like, why? Okay, hold on. You start listening to all this stuff from the outside. You're like, it's gonna fucking ruin my team. And, you know, I will say this though. Pat, uh, Mahomes' dad got arrested for a DUI last week. Yeah, right? you know, yeah, and that's that might just, be because that's horrible, man. That's hard for. It, I feel bad for. Yeah. Mr. Mahomes, I feel bad for his son Patrick. I go, but you can't let those things. You can't, but they, you know, they have an effect, you. John. You know, they do a little bit. Okay, hold on, hold on. It's a screw up. It's a mistake. Yeah, it's it's not something to just throw off. But where is Patrick Mahomes' dad right now? Right. Not in jail. He's at home. Yeah. Okay. No, I get it. It's all good. I, I get it. It's, it's it's still a distraction, though. It's still a distraction. So is Taylor Swift. What are you going to do about that? It shouldn't be a distraction for for uh, for Mahomes, man. You're a Swifty fan. It might man. be a You're distraction a for for our boy uh, Kelsey, but Travis I think, Kelsey, baby. Yeah, he's you know she. I guess she flew back from Japan. Uh, she got in today, landed in yeah. L.A., and she can be driving over, flying over, whatever to Vegas from there on. But you know, I don't care what you, you get. A lot of people that don't like her. You get a lot of people that love her, and that's all good. Look, John, I, could, I hope she. I hope she found someone she really cares about, and I hope he feels the same way about her. That's the way it's supposed to be. John, I couldn't name one fucking song she sings. Oh, either could I. I bet you. Here's the thing. I could. I bet you this though. I know if I heard it, I probably would know it. But I don't. I couldn't name. I don't know. I don't listen to like when someone's singing a song. I don't go like, oh, that's so and so. That's so and so. Oh, I do. When I was younger, I did. John, like, remember when we were? There was a song that we were all in the room, and I said. um, there was a song that Stevie Nicks sang. And uh, what was the band that she was with? Fleetwood Mac. There you go. And the, <laughs> dude, don't mess. I, dude, the song I, came I, on. I actually went and saw Stevie Nicks in concert yeah. last year, dude. The song came on, and I was. And you said it was Fleetwood Mac. And I, this is how much I don't <laughs> care. I was like, no, it's not. It's Stevie Nicks. And you're like, dumbass. <laughs> I was like, I just well, don't care. Well, 
You're partially right. No, but what it is is I remember like voices. If someone, if I heard, if I heard a Dre yeah. song, if I heard an Eminem song, if I heard, you know, fuck it, if I heard a song, it just the voice stands out to me. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know, just Tim McGraw. If you, if there's a Tim McGraw song, I, I like automatically yeah. Jason Aldean, Toby Keith. Yes, Chris Staples. Rest in peace, Toby Keith. By the way, yes, rest in peace. Oh, sorry about. That. Okay, right. There's one that I. Do you know that he's he? It was Toby yes. Keith that first signed Taylor Swift. Yes. Yep. How about that? Star power right there. Yeah. Well, she was a country girl before. She started off as country. Kind of was. She kind of yeah. moved into the pop culture. I mean, it's she get, moved into the money. Yeah, it's getting a little kind of strange, though. She's, what, 30 almost? Oh. Yeah, at least she's 30 and doing kids' songs still, but a little strange. Um, <laughs> I, just, I think she does more than kids' songs. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of breakup but songs. I, I'd, be the same, I'd be the same as you. I, I, don't I think No I idea, man. One. Oh, I do. Now you you start giving me some other country songs. I can name all of them. I mean, like, <laughs> I I got nothing against her. I don't really give. I don't care. Like when no. I like, there's just things I that know. I just don't care about in life, and like what artists do, what what uh, actors and stuff do. I just don't care. Don't mean anything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, back just to the, the Chiefs, person. though. Let's go Chiefs tomorrow. Let's today. go today. Okay. Today. Let's go Chiefs. Uh, I think we get it done. Let's, we have to get predictions first. What do you think? Oh my God! You, I think they match up so well. Here, here's the thing: it's it's so funny because you can go back to. I saw all these comparisons of things, which is funny because you know the last time, you know I think uh, they were showing that Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan was the coach, mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan, Greasy was the quarterback. Now Greasy's the quarterback coach for the Niners. Uh, McCaffrey was playing on what was. Uh, I, saw, I can't remember what it was. Now, he, yeah, the dad was on one team, and now the son's <laughs> playing on the night. I just look at it. I think the Niners have uh, an incredible team. I think the one place that they're outplayed in is the quarterback position. Yeah. Let's be honest. I think Purdy's good. I think he plays within himself. I think he's got unbelievable talent around him that gives him an opportunity to be successful. Um, he's got a good line he's got an outstanding defense that gets him the ball back and stuff like that but here there's something different about the quarterbacks of today and I, you know, it, no matter what and people are gonna you know oh you're full of shit you know, it's always been this way you know back when i was a kid which is a long fucking time ago Josh, yeah no i know johnny unitas was at the end of his career okay and then Johnny Unitas was considered the greatest quarterback in the NFL history. Okay. I mean, guy, you know, Sam Lott you know, had the, had the, the Brock Lesnar flat top that he wore and stuff like that. And so you had Johnny, Johnny, U, man, that was, he was it. He was the thing. Number 19 Baltimore Colts winning championships and stuff like that. You know, and everyone's like, no one will ever be better than Johnny. Unitas. Well, and then there, <laughs> there came this guy named Roger Staubach yeah. that started winning with the Cowboys. <clears throat> And then there was this guy named Joe Montana. You know, and, and everyone gets better. The football players of today are so much better than the football players of the past. Now, you could take a couple from the past and, and pull them out and say, yeah, he could play in maybe in today's game. But he wouldn't be as dominant as he was yeah. back when, you know, he was playing or something like that. You just look at everything. And the quarterbacks of today, in my opinion – What's expected of them? And this is where Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson or any of these guys, they are not, they're not only expected to make the big play at times, they're expected to 
make the play that gets that first down. Make the play with their legs that gets them that out of bounds first down that no one else would have gotten back in the day when they were a pocket passer. But they're also supposed to be pocket passers. And you got to be able to play in the pocket. But then you watch the way that, you know, it used to be, hey, man, you threw from a certain position. You had the ball up high by your ear and they would zip the ball. And now you're looking at these sidearm throws and the way guys move and the things that they do. It's an entirely different game, man. It's just like it's crazy. So to sit there and you can't compare things from the past or anything like that. I just look at the, the speed of the game and it's always the person. And this is what made Tom Brady as good. He could slow the game down to where he understood exactly where the person was supposed to be, when they were supposed to be there and hit the target. And, you know, he wasn't throwing to the person. He was throwing to a spot. And Mahomes does the same thing, but adds on top of it with the legs and the ability to get out of the pocket and the ability to extend the play. And just those things that that guy does. I mean, you're never in that position where you think he's out of a play. He's going to make the play. You know, you want you sitting there as a Chiefs fan, you're like, oh, come on, please. You know what I mean? <laughs> and as the people on the other side, you know, I'm not saying, you know, me, but, you know, people that have the defense, they're like, God damn it, get that son of a bitch, right? Uh, yeah. And they think that he could never be, you know, stopped. And that's what makes him remarkable. And there are players on both sides. Debo, man, that dude's so he's good. So good. So good. And then McCaffrey. McCaffrey just, he's good everywhere. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, he, he's hes like that MMA player, that MMA fighter that mm-hmm. you look at and you go, you know what? He's not freaking the best of anything. He's just good at everything. Yeah. And that makes him dangerous as hell. So I, I think it's going to be a great Super Bowl. I cannot wait to just sit back and enjoy and not have to worry about my team winning. Yeah. Yeah, it's a stressful thing, man. Everyone keeps calling me going, hey, like, uh, we're having somebody over. You guys want to come? And I'm like, nah, I'm going to sit at home just watching myself. I get, yeah, I sometimes get, it's better. I get super annoyed. Uh, yeah, because you know. there's a smart ass there probably looks just like me that's, that's going to definitely root <laughs> against you just to be that annoying prick. Nah, it's not even that. But even if my team gets up, I still want to watch the game in peace. I yeah. It's just one of those things, you know, and I can just sit around my house. I mean, you know, I'm. I bought bigger TV so I could sit at home and enjoy things like this. <clears throat> so uh, I don't be chirped out all day. I like to enjoy it. Win. I like to win quietly, you know, and if I lose, I want to lose and drown myself in my own misery with no one around. So it's one of those things. <clears throat> I think, you that- know, I'm going to be on the phone. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to be on silent later on today. <laughs> it's good. Gonna- I am calling up. It's going to be silent. Hey, baby, how you feeling right now? <laughs> It'd be good or bad. If I don't pick up then it's, <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna see. You're gonna see. You're gonna. You're just gonna go. Dit. <laughs> I look at it this way. Look, our defense is one of the best in the league. You know, I'm really we're ranked number three right now. Uh, our secondary, I, I would have to say, it's probably number one, number two in the league. Um, the the thing is, is they want to keep saying that the Chiefs got to the to the Super Bowl going through Buffalo and going through uh, they did Baltimore. They did. I agree with That's you. That's big. That's huge. That's big. But then their comparisons, which th- which kind of throws me off because these are professionals that are talking about this. But in comparisons are is that they didn't have to the Niners didn't have to play two teams like like those like we did, which I agree. Okay, but then they barely lost. You know, they barely beat uh, Green Bay and then they barely beat uh, last week's team as well, the Niners. 
um, and they came back from being down, all these things. The I Lions. said, the Lions, there you go. The thing is, though, is this, is when we played, <clears throat> we played uh, Buffalo. Buffalo doesn't have a running game. Their running game is okay. They just don't utilize it as much as they should. It's okay. They got Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah, they've got Josh Allen, and he's hard to stop when he gets rolling. He's fucking snowball going downhill. All right, but then they 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 stopped their running game probably about halfway through the first half, and then the rest of it was history. They relied on Josh Allen, um, and then to go to Baltimore, they don't have a running game. One, no, they do have a running game. They just stopped running after the first quarter. And if they would have kept running, they would have continued to exploit us. The running game is going to really hurt us if the Niners decide to run the ball consistently. Um, that's our problem. In the secondary, I think our secondary is going to do a good enough job defending Ayuk, uh, Debo, and all the other guys that they have. You know, McCaffrey coming out of the backfield is always going to be dangerous. That's going to kind of make me a little bit nervous. <clears throat> he catches the ball, and every player I've ever talked to that's ever played against him has said he's a lot harder to tackle than he looks which it seems very evident because he hits the holes and guys bounce off. I'm like, dude, the guy's, Slippery. guy's half, yeah. half your size. And he's like, no, we just, it's hard. He's got strong legs. He's hard to take down. I can see it. Um, so we're going to have to stop the running game. We're going to have to put a focus on that, rely on our secondary to get the job done. Those are the things that I look at from the outside looking in. If we can put pressure on Purdy, which we're going to need to do and have him, have him make the decisions that will eventually break the game. Then I think we got a really good chance. If we don't get pressure on the the young QB, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a long night for us. So, it's it'll be fun. I mean, the kid can make the throws. I think it's a good matchup. It is. A, it's a great matchup. And, and I and I do think I really do believe it's a benefit to Kansas City and the way they went through the playoffs absolutely. compared to being the Niners and everything was at home, everything's comfortable. Kansas City went and did it the hard way. They went to Buffalo a hard place to play. They went to Baltimore, a hard place to play. Got the wins against the crowd. And, you you know, this crowd, you know, it's going to be 50-50 at, at, at worst for them. Kansas City travels well. They do. The Niners travel well. Yeah, they do. So, we have and it, have. It'll, it'll be an interesting game. I think, um, like I said, if we can get to Purdy and make him make decisions uh, on the fly, I think that he's going to end up making some mistakes that we can capitalize on. I think that's where it's going to come down to. If if yeah. the one the one hope that I have, let's not forget, is that Shanahan. Shanahan was also the offensive coordinator for the Falcons when they blew the twenty eight point lead or whatever going into halftime against uh, Brady, and <clears throat> and he just seems and he finds ways in big games to fuck shit up when it comes to like oh we're ahead or they get away from their run game. People forget about that Super Bowl. They were running the ball and, and, and dropping down and dipping down on all the little cutoff plays that really got them that 24-point that lead going into half, and they went away from it in the second half, and that's how Brady and them caught up. So I, I'm waiting. I'm hoping that between the coach and the young QB, we could end up still on this one. <laughs> we could end up still on well, it. So we're going to find out, though, but that's why we play the game. Either way, I've got a lot of family members that are Niners fans, and I'm a Chiefs fan. I'm the, I'm the sole Chiefs fan in my family. And so um, I hate to give them bragging rights, but I got to tip my hat to get it done. So it should be a good game, though. I think if you look at the actual talent on the Niners in comparison to the talent that's on the Chiefs, we've got a great QB. I'm not going to lie. We've got a great tight end. We've got some great defensive players. You know, our offense is lacking a little bit. Pacheco's wonderful, runs hard, you know. Um, but we just don't have the names that the Niners have. But last time I checked, it was just the way that you played the game that got it done. It's called so, a scoreboard. Yep, exactly. So – we will see that we will find out. It's going to be a great game. We'll have some fun. So, yep. 
Um, all right, well, let's go ahead and get into some fights. Uh, John, let's let's just talk. Look, I had said before in the midweek show, I go, look, I thought this would be one of those creeper, uh, one of those, excuse me, one of those creeper cards that would sneak up and you'd have some good fights. I thought we'd mm-hmm. have a card that was that delivered. Uh, I would say I was a little bit off. You know, um, a little bit. There was some there was, fights. There was a couple good there ones. There were some good ones. There was a some ones that we, I think we pretty much both agreed on that were going to end yeah. up being good, you know? Um, Nope. But let's go ahead and start right there at the top of the main event. Jack Hermanson versus Joe Pfeiffer. Everybody in the comments section saying we kept saying Pfeiffer last week. And I just told Pfeiffer. him, hey, if you guys don't like it, listen louder. Okay. Um, Joe Pfeiffer for all Pfeiffer. of you guys at home. Pfeiffer. Yep. There you go. Jack Hermanson versus Joe Pfeiffer. Tell me, who you, how, how did you see the fight going? Did you think Hermanson won the third round? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Did you think that Pfeiffer won the first two? Yes. Okay. Just one of them. Barely, bar- barely. Barely on the second, but he got he got it by. I thought the real, and again, this is that difference. I thought he did really well in the first mm-hmm. round. And then I thought Hermanson did better in the second round. But I don't give him the round because mm-hmm. he did better. Who was the better overall fighter in the second round? Who landed the better shots? And I thought Pfeiffer was that guy. So I gave him, gave him the second round. Yeah, I thought it, I actually had Pfeiffer winning both one and two. I thought he kind of won him kind of easily. I thought it was, he didn't run away with it. Let's not, but I thought it was, no. he did enough and he had controlled yep. both rounds. I thought the third round was questionable. Maybe I missed something. I don't know. Maybe I blinked and there was a shot that landed. I thought the third round was back and forth. Now, I'm not arguing well, and saying this was a robbery at th- all. Think, think about, think about like the shot that, and I, I'm going <clears> to <throat> give uh, Mark Smith real, real credit on this because he did a good job. It's not an easy thing to do. You're always looking for it. But Hermanson throws a punch. Uh-huh. It's a right hand. And it lands and Pfeiffer turns like, you know, like I got poked in the eye. And immediately, you know, Smith says, that was a punch. It's legal. Wow. And because you don't want Pfeiffer to feel, all, all, he, all he feels is I got poked. And mentally, he starts to think, you, you got to stop this. I, I get time. And you can't let him get into that. And he's got to fight through it and stuff. But that was, there was just a little bit before that where I thought that Hermanson started to take over in that round. Okay. And he started to land the cleaner shots and he was countering. Pfeiffer would throw a jab and you would see Hermanson throw a jab back and then a right hand or try to come to the body at times and stuff. And the real difference, you know, when you're looking at the, the way those rounds were, was the, I thought Pfeiffer started throwing hard shots it kind of built up to the point you got a little bit tired with it the legs started to become a problem the calf kick started to to irritate him he was at times at least bringing his leg up to check or you saw him a couple times turn his knee out to check on and stuff but he didn't do it enough to make it to where it it became an actual element of the fight and an element where you could see he was having a hard time keeping his balance controlled he was taking a step and you saw him make that it it looks like it's stiff and it's stiff because it is he's having a hard time controlling his balance and that's when i thought jack hermanson really started to he's starting to take over in the fight he's he's showing exactly what we talked about he's showing veteran experience against a guy who is a, a a good young fighter strong got all those things but hasn't been taken into the deep waters of what happens in a five-round fight and it showed it's just it's fight iq 
and it's just experience. And that's nothing against Pfeiffer. He's going to be good. He's a tough dude. He's physically strong. He hits hard. He hurt Hermanson in the yeah. first round, you know, and he's got talent. It's just, you're taking a guy at this point and you're pushing him a little bit too fast for that main event slot. Josh, you know, the, the first time you fought five rounds, mm -hmm. what was the first thing in your mind? Make sure that I'm in the best shape of my life. Okay. And holy shit, that's two more fucking rounds. Yeah. I understand. Okay? And when you yeah. and when you got to the end of the third round and you're going into the fourth, it's like, oh, here it is. Am I gonna get tired? And these are the thoughts that are going through your mind. And and these are things that happen when you've never been someplace. But when you've been there, it's no big deal. There's no anxiety, there's no stress, and so it doesn't burn energy. Yeah. But when you haven't been there, even those little things, those thoughts, they burn. Yeah. My experience in my first five round fight, I beat Gilbert for the title. So it's hard for me to, to say that it was. It's okay. But, and I'm not trying to boast about it. Is that I focused more on cardio than I focused on my grappling, my wrestling, and my stand up. I focused okay. knowing that I had trained with Gil. I knew what he was good at. I knew how hard he could push. I knew he was mentally tough. With Joe Pfeiffer, what he needed to do was, and I'm not saying, <clears throat> is it you need to get yourself in such great shape? People, I think a lot of these young fighters, they just think they're going to live off their athleticism. And what we saw tonight was a master class in being a veteran. Was yes. weather the storm. Let him do what he needs to do in the first round. Don't take too big a shots. Make him burn energy. Okay. And then in the second round, let's threaten a takedown or two. Make him use his muscles. Blow up his uh, muscles with some blood. Make him feel heavy. And then now let's start snapping our jab. It was a master class of what fight IQ is supposed to look like. He fought a textbook fight in terms of just taking the young blood into the deep waters and drowning him. Just let me just yeah. let me just hang on your foot in, you know, in nine foot in nine feet of water. And eventually you're not gonna be able to tread water anymore. And yeah. there was moments that Joe had um, in the fight where he could have let loose a little bit more, but I felt like he kept second guessing whether he was gonna get tired or his arms started feeling heavy. And the pop wasn't there anymore. He physically looked so much bigger than Hermanson. And as the fight went on, he was the one with his back to the fence, not and just allowing himself to get pushed around. There was moments where he just kind of clammed up and shelled up against the ropes with no head movement and just took some shots. And um, what I loved about Hermanson's performance was he stuck the jab in the face and the jab was working like textbook. It was just beautifully done. But anytime that Joe tried to come in tight, you'd see Hermanson throw a knee to the gut, like a little knee off to the ribs, a little knee, getting you guessing about keeping your elbows in tight because you don't want to get hit with a liver shot. You don't want to get hit up the Brad basket. You don't want to take that shot that makes you even more tired. He yeah. just fought a really good fight. He fought a great fight, and I got to give Solid. him credit. Yeah. And Joe Pyford, all he really needs to do, honestly, is, dude, you got all the skills. Now we just got to kind of make a tweak here and a tweak there. But the number one tweak is the conditioning. I, I I mean, you looked like you were in shape. Okay, you're physically just he a was. specimen. But he was in shape. There's no doubt. There's a difference between though, John, being in shape and also your recovery shape, though. That's right. You didn't seem to have the recovery. Like after you yes, give but, your 30 second burst, you have to be able to recover within 10 seconds, maybe even less if you can. 
that that goes into your training and your cardio training has to be minute long sprints. And eventually as your fight camp works down, you start getting into 30 seconds, 20 second long rest. And then you do your minute long sprint again. I mean, just to put it in perspective, I mean, like I said, I used to do six to eight, 440 sprints on the track. And as the camp started, it would be double however long it took me. And when I started my camp, it was about a minute. It took me about a minute, 10, minute 12 to do a full lap sprint. And I could do consistently probably anywhere from six to eight of them. I could do within a minute 15 to minute 25 as you get towards the, the eight sprints. As the camp got on, got on, I was doing 50 second sprints, 50 second full lap sprints. And I was only getting 25 to 30 second rest periods. And I would do eight of them in a row. And they'd be the same thing over and over. You just got to learn how to control your breathing. You got to learn how to control the pace in which you fight that so you can recover fast. You got to know when to take that step back and do the bounce around like Michael Chandler does so he can exude more energy come or expend more energy going forward after that. That is the type of thing that Joe's going to have to work on. And I think a lot of young fighters got to learn to work on that. It's one thing to Absolutely. fight. It's one thing to fight at a pace. Okay, um, that you're trying to get them to burn your opponent to burn out on, but you've also got to know what your pace is and you have to create that pace in the gym and on the track. It's funny. I had Trevor Prangley's son just call me the other day and he goes, Hey, you know, uh, and not his son, his, his Trevor called me, but it was about his son. And he goes, how, how do you, how do you get your weight down when the diet and nutrition is very, you know, and good. And I'm like, run. And he's like, thank yeah. you. He's like, Sebi, because his son's name is Sebastian. Sebi, did you hear that? He's like, run. And he, his son refuses to run, refuses to run. And so, <laughs> but he's got fights coming up. He's 19 years old. He's got fights coming uh, up. And I'm like, son, if you can't run, if you're not going to run, you're never going to be one of the best. You yeah. know, never, never. Well, the only thing you can do is you can run on a treadmill, you know, or you can get on an elliptical and just burn the shit out of it. Yeah. I was an elliptical guy. I I would do, I would do track sprints three days a week and I would do elliptical the other three days a week. Yeah. You know, uh, elliptical was a a savior on your body, man. It really was savior on your knees and things. Yeah, for sure. If you're not, if you're not on something like that or, you know, even a airdyne bike that's uh, pumping you, you, yeah, You're never gonna the assault bike. Sport. I think a lot of fighters use the assault bike for cardio. I never use it for cardio. I use it for muscle endurance, which is another form of cardio. But I use it for for muscle endurance. Is I would mix it in. Like you see, you goes and watch the twenty four sevens with like me and Kostic and Khabib and Kane. Everyone, we do a minute on the bike. And most gyms have acquired. They've kind of adapted or adopted this routine. Is they would do the minute on the bike and they do like a minute of wall escape, do a minute on the bike, a minute of like uh mount escape. And your your guy's helping you out a little bit. Like he's not trying to press you down and sure. hold you down. He's letting you work. The the objective is to get the reps in and just muscle memory, repetition, repetition. So um, but yeah, I don't I didn't really use the assault bike as like a full-on cardio thing. You know, I used it more for muscle endurance and and getting the heart rate up and kind of getting the weight down and you know, and using more of a muscle, kind of more of a muscle endurance type workout instead of just actual lung workout. You weren't going to get it there. But I thought overall, Jack Hermanson fought a fantastic fight. Well played. He I did. mean, the problem with fighting those, just so fight people at home listening, the problem with fighting the way that he fought is you don't know how that first round is going to go. 
you know and so just no, you sitting don't. back hoping that you can get to the second round it's a tough it's a it, mentally it messes with you because you want to get the takedown you want to press the action you want to make him feel uncomfortable and tired but you've got to kind of kick back because you know that joe pfeiffer's got a lot of a lot of power in his hands and his hands were definitely quicker than jacker manson's early in the fight yes they were so it was look he's the he's the younger faster stronger fighter and, and age-wise you know it, it shows Joe Pfeiffer's got a, a ton of career left. Jack Hermanson doesn't have that much career left. He's got some. He's still he's still a very good fighter, and he proved that tonight. But you know, Joe Pfeiffer's going to learn. You know, we say it all the time. You learn a lot more from the losses than you do from the wins, and he's going to learn a lot from this one because this was that first five round main event. There's a lot of pressure with it. There's extra media with it. There's all these things. You gotta learn how to deal with them because it's gonna come back again. I just want to say one more thing too. Um, Joe Pfeiffer, like he, his entry in on the takedowns were pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. It was the execution in which he got there. He kept going to the high cr- or the, the back uh, crotch, so he was going to the backside instead of dipping his head out to the outside and lifting and taking him forward and getting the dump. He kept trying to do it with his head on the inside. And Hermanson was just stuffing it, hitting him with strikes. You got to dip your head to the outside right away and go right to the back and go to the body lock. And to give you, like, DC is one of the best at doing it. We'll talk a little bit more about how Dom and DC were at each other's throat all night, which was hilarious. Uh, It was was comical. I couldn't believe it, man. Um, I could believe it, actually, considering the two. Yeah, I was going to say, really? You couldn't believe it? um, But I thought thought it was hilarious. Um, But then... DC's trying to walk him through it too. When you get to that, he was getting in deep, going high. He was going deep on the backside. And then the other hand wasn't around the knee. It was around the yeah. waist. If you're going to do that, you've got to dip your head to the outside and just go either real high crotch and lift and then take him forward. Or you just got to go right to uh, getting rid of the high crotch and going right to the, um, to the, to the body lock, to the body lock and get I the know. takedown, man. Just drop him, sag him, whatever it is. But he just was missing it every time. He was so deep on like three or four of them when I saw it. Just head in the wrong place, not cutting the corner, not getting his hips out from underneath him. If you snatch that single, the last place you want to be is right directly underneath him. Like him able just to make you carry his weight. And that's kind of where you were at. And so if he would have just dipped his head to the outside and cut the corner, he would have got to the body lock easily. So it was a little frustrating. I'm watching going, ah, I was screaming at the team. Like, just put your head to the outside and go to the back. Uh, I think, you know, <laughs> like, you know, everybody, I, I think he's in a good camp. I think he's got great people around him. I think this is <clears throat> going to be a great learning experience for him. It's not easy. No. Nope. To, to get through these moments with the win, that's a, that's a big thing because you're up against it. And that's, Going against a veteran, a guy that's been there, you know, I, I, I don't know the words that you can say to get someone to truly understand the amount of pressure that's on you and the thoughts that are going through your head during this because there's those moments that you think, I've got this, and then you don't, it doesn't end, and it's like, ah, shit. And you, you got to fight, you got to fight that person, you know, you know, that, you know, is in that cage. That's you. You got to fight all those things that are worrying you about what's going on right now in the fight. And, uh, Joe Pfeiffer's got, like I said, he's going to have a great career. He's a tough dude to touch on what you're saying though, is that 
for someone headlining their first main event and it being Super Bowl weekend and all the celebrities are in town and yeah. UFC has you doing little events here and there, like probably from Wednesday, Thursday, a little bit. And I'll go ahead and rest, whatever it is. Hey, meet this person, meet this person. A lot of it starts to, <clears throat> a lot of it starts to go to your head. I'm just going to get this win real quick. And then I'm going to go out here and be out hanging party. I'm going to go party. I'm not saying that's what got to him. I'm just saying that <clears throat> it seemed like more of Jack Hermanson having a good game plan. And Joe Pfeiffer, like just, just outside that reach and that range of getting the, the job done. He was close. He was close. Yeah. Yeah. But someone who did get it done, though, was my boy, Dan Ige. Boy, I'll tell you what, man. Anyway, this is one of those ones you, you look, and it was, I was, I was wondering, you know, I knew, I knew that Dan and, uh, <clears throat> I hate to say, I, I knew that they had sparred multiple times mm -hmm. and had trained together and things like that. And this is where you try to tell people, yeah, it's, it's practice is practice. How many times do we say it? <clears throat> and you, this is a, that one where when you are a good training partner for somebody, <clears throat> you, you don't put it on them. You let them, you work them with what they want to work on. You give them what they want. You, when they want you to go hard, you go. You you give them hard. But if something starts to happen, you're backing off of it. And this is the you know those ones where I think Dan was a little bit, almost just a little bit tweaked that Andre took this fight. Mm -hmm. And I don't blame Andre for taking it. I don't. I understand the whole purpose behind why they why his you know camp did that and why his management wanted to do it. But when you're Dan, it's one of those, all right, I'm going to show you. I didn't hit you hard before, but I'm going to this time. And that was the real difference in the fight. Dan took his time. Dan is defensively, you know, we, we take a look and Dan's tight with his defense, but he's hittable. You got, you got to, you know, but he is absolutely durable mm -hmm. and takes big shots and keeps on coming in the fight. And it's the one thing you know is, look at, he's going to be there. And Andre was going to have to have that fight, like we talked about, staying on the outside, using that range and movement to frustrate Dan. And you saw he started he started it in that direction trying, but within the first minute, he was starting to have problems with the distance. Yeah. And Ige was using his footwork to get inside, land shots, and, and Andre would move himself out, but it didn't take long before Ige was able to land the power, and the, the second shot wasn't even needed. Yeah. The only reason why I think he did it because he saw Feely start to kind of like sit up a little yeah, bit and a little bit. He was out of it. I'm not though. I don't blame him for it. He was out though. Yep. Um I didn't think it was gonna go this way. I didn't think it was gonna be made this like it would make it look this easy. Um I thought that Feely was gonna have a little bit more snap on the punch in terms of keeping the range with the jab, a little bit more of the loopy stuff and keeping Dan at bay because Feely's got some power too. But Dan, I think I've trained with Dan. I've grappled with Dan. I've clinched with Dan. Like he's got power. I've never sparred with Dan, but he, I know he's got power. Just can feel it by the way he moves to feel it by the way he tries to hang on you. He's physically strong. Like he doesn't look like he's physically strong, but he just has that. Like it's hard to move him type strength. A little bit like a Patricio Pitbull, almost like a little Tendon stump. Yeah, yeah. They're like yeah. a little stump that you're like, man, I can't move this guy. Uh, he's got that and explains why he's got the power in his hands. But I think when I, when I look at Dan, like he's the guy that people continuously just to continuously overlook. Ah, yep. I'm going to get him. He doesn't do anything great, but he does everything. That's it. Well, he's not super mm -hmm. fast. 
you look at him, you go, he's hittable. Yeah, he's he he has a good defense. He keeps his hands high. He moves well with his footwork. He does take his head off the center line well, but he's hittable. So when someone's hittable, you go, ah, I can get to him. Mm-hmm. You know what's hard, though, when you're fighting someone who's – he's he is hittable, <coughs> but he does have pretty good defense. He keeps his hands up pretty well. He does. and But hit it, what we mean by hittable is doesn't mean that, like, he's not there to be hit. It means that, like, sure, he covers up. You can still hit him, but nothing really gets through solidly. And when you do hit him solid, like, he generally tries to come right back and fire back at you. Yeah. And so that's dangerous. You got to be careful of those guys because they're like, ah, fuck it. I ain't got nothing to lose. Those ones are dangerous. Um, and Dan is that guy. And so I think Feely's a little bit like that as well. But yeah. it, it, overall, I thought it was going to be a longer fight. I thought it was going to be a better fight. But Dan getting the job done, great job. T- Well-timed over the lazy jab. Thought it was perfectly executed. And the follow right away was absolutely amazing. Um, great, great fight for Dan. I mean, yeah. and, and look, and, and Dan being kind of like you're saying, like a little kind of upset or just bothered him that he took the fight let's not forget like when you're feely and you're not ranked at the time you really don't have a lot of options you take what you gotta they take give. it and if you're gonna you give me a ranked it. guy i gotta take it there's just no gotta way it doesn't matter who it is i've got to take the fight yeah and so um yeah I, I dan doesn't seem like someone to take something too much personal but he's like he was probably like oh this sucks i gotta take you know because you know him so but yeah. uh overall good performance by danny a great job uh, before we move on, though, go to go to OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. Subscribe to us over there. It is free. So uh, I can sit here and talk to you guys all day about it, but you guys can see my OnlyFans gear I got going on right here. Got a little sweater right here. I got OnlyFans over the right shoulder. But uh, you guys, look, we do some live chat. I do a live uh, Q&As on there every once in a while. And uh, we'll try. To, I'm going to probably try to do knock one out this week for you guys. We're going to do one last week. Got caught up with some stuff. Uh, but this week I've got some time on probably Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon, sometime around there. So we will try to get this uh, knocked out for you guys, try and do a Q&A for you guys. We got to get Big John to join us one of these days. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> so try and hit you guys up and uh, hey, check us out at OnlyFans.com slash Wayne. Go ahead. Next fight is. Oh, we had Ihor Potoria against Robert Brzezik. <sighs> i tell you what, I'd watch Brzezik. Uh, in his prior fights, he was fighting in a different organization. Saw that he had power. You know, had watched Pateria. You know, they brought him in when uh, to to face off against uh, you know Shogun Hua in his last fight, and it was one of those ones that just ah. mm. and, and it wasn't. I, look at Pateria was there to win that fight. You know, it was the whole thing afterwards. Yeah. He looked, he goes, dude, didn't go over well. <clears throat> You know, even though he got the win and stuff, but I'll tell you what, this fight showed me that guy's got heart. He's got heart. He got hit big time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a couple things that happened in there. You had the eye poke, then you had the, you know, and the, the punch to the groin was look at that was not on. Mm-hmm. You know, Brizik, that was that's on Pretoria. He's the one that pushed the shot down. It's not that you can't give him time. But don't be looking and saying, "Hey, (laughs) Beltran's yelling and almost at it." This is—I'm a hard warning, right? I'm like, "Damn, Mike, that some bitch pushed it down." (laughs) It's like that part guy didn't do anything. It was—it was online for the the solar plex, and the guy pushed it down. But it's all right. Uh, I actually thought Brzezik tried putting Pretoria out 
with big shots, heavy punches, and it, it he got tired mm-hmm. and he slowed down a little bit, and that put Pretoria in that position to where he could, you know, come back in the fight, and he did. You know, he started taking over in that second round, got the third round, and that's what you do. That you know, you're not always going to win that first round. Usually, the guy who's got you know the more athleticism, the bigger power, and they're fresh. If you don't, if you can't match up in it, it's a hard round for you to win. But you can always come back in the second and the third and take the fight. And that's what Pretoria did in this one. I thought it was a really good performance. He was going against a guy that had power, and he was smart in the way he performed. Yeah, Pretoria just was someone that he missed weight, I guess, by a pound and a half. Coming yeah. in, it's all right. Coming look, down. Short notice fight, that was one. Two is cutting down from 205 to, to 185. 185 yeah. I'm going to go ahead and give him a pass. That's a big jump. Yeah, I'm going to give him a pass. Uh, it's yeah. a 20-pound jump, but he said he normally walked around about 198, something like that, 200 pounds around that, and then we had to make 186. So that that makes it makes uh, it makes sense for him to make the drop. He just got tired of being the smaller guy, and I don't blame him for that. But um, the way I look at it, though, with uh, Brzezek, he was, he was someone that he kind of fought a little bit like Joe Pfeiffer was he came out strong, had he kind of dictated the pace of the fight, yeah. landed some good hard shots. But with Pfeiffer, he had an excuse because it was a five-round fight. I don't want to go ahead and blow my blow my wad against somebody who could carry this thing out yeah. and uh, in a five-round fight. But this is a three-round fight. If you're Brzezek, you've got to let it go. You've got to let your hands fly. You were having success. You were putting them, making him feel uncomfortable, and he just didn't. He kept reserving it, kept reserving it. It was almost like he was admiring his work. Like, you took the fight on short notice. I'm taking it to you. It's going to continue to be there. I'm going to just make an example out of you and, and end up backfiring as things go on. The longer you keep fighters in a fight, the more opportunities that they have to change the tide. And in this fight, he just one little shot started setting the tempo. Then it was another shot and then another shot. It just, it changes the momentum of the fight and it could happen. And you don't, it's, it's like being caught in quicksand. You see it and you feel yeah. it happening, but you just can't get your sit out of it. You, can't get, you still can't get your foot unstuck. Because as, you, as you're taking more shots, you're getting slower and slower. And I can always use the power bar on a video game as an example, but it really is like that. Like The harder you fight, the fucking worse it gets because you start leaving yourself more open. And then you start getting hit more often, which means your energy levels goes down. And then that means when your energy goes down, things come out slower and more telegraphed and more wide open and more loopy and... And it just is a snowball in that sand. It's that quicksand effect. Yeah. And man, and that's what I just saw. I just saw Brzezik like he was always like right there, but then he just did too much and they got hit. Then, okay, now he's back to even. Then he, did, he opened up a little bit too much and they got hit. Okay, now we're back to even. Like it just was, he was just slightly out of range of winning that fight every time they got into an exchange. And uh, Pretoria just, just good job man good job taking a yeah. fight on short notice cutting the weight not getting there but look you're there 170 187 and a half is not bad a pound and a half you get the 186 okay but you know a little diet and nutrition will go a long way <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it was it was a actually a very smart performance by him i'm impressed with the guy because he can actually fight he, he's he's got skill gregory rodriguez taking on brad tavares interesting fight interesting fight i'll tell you what gregory rodriguez can hit Mm -hmm. he's got power dude he hit he does throw hard shots but you talk about a guy that does not take any kind of head movement does not take his head off of the center line at all he is there to be hit 
but he takes them. You know, and Tavares, you know, touched him quite often. I thought uh, uh, Rodriguez was doing a really nice job with his low calf kick. You know, it doesn't look like it's much, but it was affecting Tavares. It was lumping up the leg a little bit there. But you really got to go. I thought I actually had it even going into the third round, and Rodriguez just, man, he decided, ah, no. And as soon as he decided to open up and he hurt Tavares, you could see it, and then Tavares started to sink against the cage a little bit. I thought it was a great stoppage by uh, Jason Herzog when he decided to uh, to stop the fight. It was the right thing to do Absolutely. because Rodriguez was just jackhammering him with the, the right hand. It was over. And a uh, big win. I, I really enjoy watching Rodriguez. He's got skill, mm-hmm. man. He, he's, he's got great jiu-jitsu. He can stand and bang with you know anyone he will. He just needs to learn a little bit better as far as the head movement. Just a little bit. <laughs> Just take the head off the center line just a little bit. He got rocked in the first pretty pretty significantly. Yes, he did. That first probably minute and a half, I think. Yeah. And yep, no Brad took a step back and didn't press the action. I'm not saying to press it carelessly. I'm saying you got to make him feel uncomfortable. Make him – in those situations, and I know when you're talking at this level, man, one little slip up in the whole thing can go out the door, especially yep. when someone like RoboCop has the power <coughs> that he has. <clears throat> what you've got to do is you've got to – step into their range and then faint to get them to react while they're still kind of rocked. And then that opens them up and then you can go ahead and go. There's just little ways to make the difference. And Brad kind of took a step back. It's like, look, I want to let it settle for a second. By then that opportunity is gone. You've got to get right in their grill and make them react and swing crazy if you can, but don't go all the way in because you know, you can get hit. So give that faint, like you're going to jump in and then jump out. He didn't get it. He didn't do it. And then this goes right back to uh, the the fight and then the Pfeiffer fight. You had success in the first, and as you had success in the first, the fight continued to go on, and you let the fighter back into the fight. Same exact thing. And so I saw a lot of this uh, throughout this fight night. Uh, this is why I don't drink seltzers, man. Jesus. <laughs> like, I can't stop burping, man. It's horrible. Because uh, I, I haven't been drinking lately so for a long time. So I've started drinking these, like, uh, what are these? Waterloo's? The, the water- Waterloo seltzer. Yeah. Was that watermelon? Yeah, it's just watermelon, watermelon. It's just like seltzer water. Just a yeah. flavor? No alcohol. No alcohol. So I know. Man, I got to get back together. No, with you. I got to get you toasted. This will be probably the first Super Bowl. I, John, I haven't drank in forever. <laughs> I drank, I had I had one small little bourbon on. I'm serious. On New Year's, I haven't either. On New Year's, I have not either. Yeah, I haven't had anything to drink. I'm gonna. I miss, I miss our our bar uh, stuff after fights. Hello. So, I'll be going to Riyadh though. Chiching. But then the you guess, are going to Riyadh. But guess what? There's no alcohol what? in Saudi Arabia. Oh. <laughs> oh, there's no alcohol, and I guess there is, but you have to be a diplomat, which I am not. So. <laughs> This, diplomatic yes, community I mr know, yes lethal weapon baby <laughs> lethal weapon number two. Oh, the girl from uh, south africa I, w- I gotta look her up and see what she looks like now you don't want to see what she looks john like. the girl that is never a good thing the girl from top gun that is never a good thing look john Whoa, the girl from top kelly gun McGinnis. she's kelly mcginnis she's disgusting i gotta be careful she's not as attractive as she used to be <laughs> Ah, it's hysterical. Yeah. Who is this girl? That's the girl that's, that was yeah, that's, that's she doesn't that look bad. She's one. probably what 60? She doesn't look bad. But look at the other one, the one from Top Gun. She doesn't look bad. Look at her. 
she I was from she had the South African accent. But the one from Top Gun, yeah. Kelly McGinnis or what was that her name? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Kelly McGinnis. Then and now. Not a good look, John. Not a good look. Is it Kelly McGillis or Kelly McGinnis? It's McGillis, I think, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, no. Go go there's there's some there, there you go. What happened? No, look at the one. Look the at white, one with the glasses. With the white and the glasses up there in the left corner. Yeah. Right there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. No. John, Dave, are you having a hard time? Yeah. The white outfit. The only I'm not going to click. Yeah, this doesn't, it doesn't open over there. Right. There you go. <clears throat> that yep, is, it's, look not... at the girl down there. That's her. And look at the one there. <laughs> you know, you know, we are, no. we are getting close to having problems. <laughs> no, no, John, no. Just, uh, but you know what, though? I haven't seen her act in anything in a long time. And I think so, she stepped away from it. Uh, then, and this is another reason why that she probably hasn't got all the plastic surgery. She looks like a normal female who is aged. That's all. Yes. She's nothing you. wrong with her. She I just would rather looks, see that. Yeah. Then some of the stuff I've seen, oh, man, it's God. disgusting. All right. Let's get back to the fight. <laughs> Thank you very much. Let's talk about a guy that does not need any plastic surgery at all. Michael Johnson, Darius Flowers. Michael Johnson, like you said, still has speed. Mm-hmm. He actually used his wrestling. We, it's not the wrestling that it used it. to be. Yeah, it's not the wrestling that it used to be because that's where he really, that's what he started yeah. with. And you know, and then afterwards he told DC, oh, that's, screw that wrestling stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's just for the birds. But that's what won him the fight. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, here's the, here's the other thing that won him the fight. Very smart in his stand-up as far as he went to... I was surprised because Dominic and, and Dan were talking about Darius Flowers going to the body. Michael Johnson was going to the body and going to the body well. He was controlling the fight with his body shots. He did a great job of making it to where Darius Flowers had problems based upon the body work that he was doing. It caused Flowers to be uncomfortable in the fight. I thought overall, you couldn't ask for a better performance from Michael Johnson than what he gave. Uh, No, absolutely. I thought Michael Johnson fought a great fight. I thought he great fight. He did exactly what we told him to do. And that's why he won. Yep. And and I'm glad he listens to our show. I know he listens to our show. I love the guy, man. He's an absolute stud. Look, Michael Johnson, the speed's still there. He went back to his roots, which which is his wrestling. He went to it later in the fight, not in the first round. He went to it second and third. Smart, not letting it known that that's what he wanted to do. But I will say this. I sat on the show here on Tuesday and I said, hey, I go, he should be able just to pick him apart, pick up, pick Darius Flowers apart on the feet and then utilize the wrestling and make the fight a lot easier if he wanted to. It's exactly what I said on Tuesday. But what I didn't do, John, because I hadn't seen enough of Darius Flowers, I didn't give him the credit he deserves. Kids, The kid's good. Yeah, he's good. It's, he's got good stand up. He's got power. Yeah, he's got power in his hands. He he did a he did a fine job on the feet. It was the the speed of Johnson gave him a little bit of problems, and it was like I thought, in my opinion, the body shots were giving him problems that opened up the ability for Johnson to get the easy takedown. I think that Darius got away from the push kicks up the gut, and when those yeah. when you start getting rid of those, that allows that fighter to start shooting. Because now when I'm not concerned about that thing coming up the middle, I don't have to worry about getting kicked in the face. Yep. And so I utilized the push kick, probably the most utilized weapon in my whole arsenal, my whole career was the push kick. 
and I used it in our first Gilbert fight. I used it all of my fights because I loved the push kick. It kept. That's because you got a foot that's that wide. Yes, it, <laughs> it just, it just quadruple was quadruple e. Is you know what it was? I never had confidence in my jab for like two, three fights. I did. I never had confidence in my jab, and so I used to used to utilize my push kick as my jab. That was my thing, you know, and just use the jab. And I thought Darius Flowers' push kick was money. And he got away from it, like kind of towards the end of the first, end of the second round, he got away from it. And then that's when Michael Johnson was able to start aiming towards the target. And the target was hitting him right below the chin and hitting him right, hitting him right to the gut. And anytime you're fighting Southpaw versus conventional, okay, the way you kind of set that up is you hit to the body, then you try to come over top on the head. And it's a real crafty way of doing it because when you go straight to the body, they come over the top, they try to drop their elbows and they're weak on that weak side. So whatever their lead hand is, it ends up being weak on that side because you go here and yeah. then over the top. They have to protect one or the other. And so um, that's kind of what uh, MJ, uh, Michael Johnson was doing. I call him MJ. That's what he was doing. And, uh, that's MJ. Yeah, he looked. I thought, I thought he looked good, man. I, th- I love the fact that he used his wrestling. Yeah. Because, look, he can prolong his career, Andre Arlovsky, guys where he's learned how to clinch and hold you against the fence and slow the, fight, slow the pace of the fight down. And all of those things – make a huge difference on how much longer you want to fight. And if he wants to fight for a long time and burn the wheels off of it, this is a good way to do it. And for the most part, it's taking him, taking you out of that danger area where someone can't land that one shot. That's going to change because it it was very apparent, you know, based upon the commentary that uh, Henry hoofed between the second and third round told him, Hey, I need you to be smart here. I need you to, you know, this is where, you know, we get caught. I want you to. And, he fought a very good round all the way up until about, you know, a minute left. Mm-hmm. Started to get a little bit sloppy with it. You know, got caught in the triangle a little bit, all those little things, but not enough to, you know, take the fight away from him. But it's not easy when you get, you're getting older, you get tired easier. You got to find those areas that you can take that breath. I thought he fought as good a fight as I've seen him fight in the last couple of years. Yeah, I want to remind people, man, he's 37 years old. This shit ain't easy. This stuff is not easy. (laughs) Carrie Melendez, Gil Melendez's wife, she fought in the last Bellator uh, last November. And I went in the back to congratulate her right after the fight. And she was in the back with the doctor and just getting looked over and stuff. And she's like, she's like fighting at 39 years old or whatever. She's like, this is is not what it used to be. I said, you're damn right. (laughs) I go, you're damn right. It's not what it used to be. Yeah, and it's true, and it's very true. So, and it's you know, and, and you're taking a look. Let's just put this in perspective. Carrie Melendez hasn't really accepted any damage in her career. No, you know, she's she's never had that fight where she had one fight where she went back and forth and she took a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. But other than you know, and she won the fight. But other than that, she's been the hammer yeah. throughout most of her fights. But as your age goes up. It just becomes more difficult. Speed starts to go away. And we're talking little incremental bits, but they make big differences in the overall mm-hmm. outcome and the overall how difficult the fight becomes. Yeah, especially in Muay Thai. She was definitely the hammer. She was fucking oh, yeah. phenomenal on the, on the feet. Yep. All right, next fight. All right, we had Rodolfo Vieira taking on Armin Petrosi, and we talked about this, and we said, look, let's be honest. You know, Vera needs to get this fight to the ground. Petrosian needs to keep this thing in the standing. And it wasn't long before. Mm-hmm. 
Vieira listened and said, you know, I'm, I gotta, I'm getting this thing to the ground. He did. He did a nice job with a couple of takedowns. I'll give Petrosian credit. He got up you know, on the one, but ends up taking the fight back down and sinks in the arm triangle. I mean, it's textbook. And, and, and the way he did it is not the normal way as far as he was still, you know, basically in the mount position, getting that arm triangle. He didn't go all the way off to the side. He doesn't have to. He's a damn, you know, world champion. He's got a different kind of squeeze. And for anyone that, you know, is doubting Petrosian and, and the pressure that he was under when he decided to tap, that was a tap. Okay, two little taps. That's a tap. And uh, that's because he was probably going out. And then as soon as the pressure is released, you're kind of back and you think, oh, I'm good. No, yeah. you tapped. <clears throat> you tapped. Yeah, it really just came down to whoever could implement their game plan. One was to get the fight to the ground and utilize his yeah. world-class jiu-jitsu, and the other one was to try to keep this thing on the feet and try to exploit his uh, Adolfo's uh, stand-up weaknesses in his stand-up. Petrosian yeah. couldn't keep it on the feet and look like look. Petrosian looked great on the feet, whereas Vieira didn't look great on the feet. Vieira looked great on the ground, whereas Petrosian, Petrosian looked Petrosian like did not look great. he was fucking lost out there. <laughs> you know, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've grappled with dudes that were so damn good on the ground. I felt like I was just drowning the whole time. Because you are. It was horrible. I've been, uh, I have been in that same pool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there are levels to oh. everything. There's, there were certain guys throughout my career like BJB and the number one. And first it was actually Frank Shamrock, Frank Shamrock being the guy. And then Bob Cook and Frank were kind of came as a package. The two of them, I always had the hardest time with Frank. Cause he was so squiggly and he'd sweat. Frank, Frank was a nap. Yeah. We called him, we called him a Mexican. We called him the Mexican sweat. Didn't matter what you did. You couldn't get a hold of him. He was like, he had no hair yeah, on his body. Around. He was sweaty. Yeah. He just slipped right out of everything. You're like, what the fuck? And then Bob was just the guy who could just rip your leg off anytime he wanted to. He had the nastiest leg lock game that I'd ever been around. So those two guys. And then BJ came along and he was just world-class level of just jujitsu. Not not catch wrestling, not you know, submission fighting. It was legit jujitsu with his dexterity and just his level. You know, and then uh after that it was I trained with Hoffa and Hoffa Mendez. Didn't train with Guillermo, I trained with Hoffa when I went out to help BJ train one time. And he just fucking put a spanking on me. And he told me, he's like, no striking, obviously no striking, but just straight grappling. I was like, damn, this guy is fucking good. And, uh, but, that, but see, in those situations, it was like I, I, was, I was training with Maurice Smith one time. Mm -hmm. And more, Maurice and I were sparring. And he says, let's kick John, right? And I said, ah, all right. You know. <laughs> I don't know he kicked that. me in the leg a couple of times. I said, Maurice, you kick me one more time. I swear to God, we're going to take you down. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, a, dude, he... He was lighting my fucking no. leg up. I was like, God damn, dude, you're killing me. Yeah. But, you know, there are levels to everything. But I had Hoffa, then I had Leo Vieira, and, you know, and just the, uh, a guy named Lapella. It just, there's guys that I've trained with throughout my life. And there's, there's certain guys that have just made me feel like I was fucking drowning the whole time from the moment we touched hands to the moment, you know. And as time went on with like Leo and with BJ and, and certain guys, I felt like I got better and I was able to, you know, kind of keep up with them. Dave Camarillo being one of them too. One of the first times I ever grappled with him, I was like, damn, this guy's a little skinny twig. What the hell is he doing? Like, how is he able to do this? So, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, good times, man. Great times. I, I, I look back, John, at my career and I look back and I listen, I just think about all the top world-class people that I've been able to train with throughout my life. 
And man, some people just wish to meet these guys. And I mean, I've been oh, in there yeah. sparring with them, grappling with them, hanging out with them, you know. I know that 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 was one of the main, you know, it's like Joe Rogan <laughs> was one, you know, he was because Joe, you know, used to, you know, he would train at uh Jean Jacques Machado's and I would go down there to John Jacques. And John Jacques was phenomenal, mm-hmm. just an incredible instructor and just a great guy to roll with. You know, because he just did things in a different way based upon he was, you know, he had a little uh, difference in his game. But, he, you know, Joe was always like, you know, what was it like with Hickson? Because Hickson used to just uh-huh. fucking kill me, you know. And I, and I was like, it was fucking horrible, Joe. <laughs> fucking horrible. You know? <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Right? Uh... I said he felt like he was a... You know, I said five. He felt like he was five hundred fucking pounds on top of you, and then he would sit there and he go, "Oh, my friend, move your hip this much." I can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great, man. Yeah. It's great. Uh, next fight. Oh, let's see. We had Carlos Prentice against Trevin Giles. Boy, you talk about a fight turning mm-hmm. on one punch. Trevin Giles was doing very good. He was actually really getting to Carlos Prentice, and and you could see the damage on uh, Carlos's face. He was taking a lot of shots. Trevin's boxing was looking very clean and everything, but it only takes one, yeah. and it was just one shot to change that over and KO'd Trevin Giles. Very, that's a big win for Prentice coming into the UFC. First fight, he gets a knockout against a guy that's been there for a while. Beautifully done. It's just if you're Trevin Giles, you're looking. I won every second of that fight, yeah. except for one. Yeah, and that and that, look, that's that's the way the cookie crumbles. That is, and just, uh, that's fighting. You know, I thought Prentice looked. Uh, he looked like he was getting a little overwhelmed every time Trevin Giles decided to go. When he went, he was he was having success, and Prentice just didn't have an answer. But it doesn't take much. Look, if you keep dipping your head one way and you see the knees coming up, you see things baiting you into one direction, change it up. Switch stance. or Yeah, but some fighters get so caught up in their way of doing things that they can't make the adjustments on the fly. And I saw that a little bit from Trevin Giles tonight. And he has all the skills. He just can't seem to to get it to flow for him. So there's always uh, always next time we got to get it back but Pratis, man he good for him he's long he's lanky he's got a different style of fighting like very kickboxing style centric fighter yeah so. very yeah very stiff very yeah. straight straight but fight he's got power in his hand so it was very I nice. noticed a lot of the fighters that had success tonight which should be which should be uh expected is the fighters that were throwing straight and down the pipe are the ones that were landing the clean hard shots tonight you know sometimes you'll get guys that throw loopy and they get big shots like like RoboCop, right? He throws straight shots, but there was a lot of the loopy shots that landed yeah. hard against uh, Tavares. Especially in the third round, yeah. but they landed. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But then there was a lot of success tonight with the guys that were throwing just straight, straight shots, straight down the pipe. Just good stuff. Right. So, yeah. next fight. Uh, we had Bolje Oki against Timothy Kaumba. And uh, this, was a, this is one of those fights I'm watching. And it's, I'm going to say this about both fighters, both young fighters, both have a long ways to go as far as, uh, I'm going to give it up to Timothy Kuamba. I think he was a last minute replacement in this, uh, maybe not last minute, last couple weeks, but you know, he came in and he gave too much respect to his opponent in the beginning based upon 
obviously things that he had heard about athleticism and and Oki is he's athletic he's very strong but he's not technically proficient mm-hmm. at the entire game of being a mixed martial artist and uh you know that was kind of like one of the things that uh Gregory Rodriguez said he goes you know he says I'm a mixed martial artist and he's right because he can take the fight anywhere and be good and at this point, you can see that Oki's got one area where he feels comfortable and one area where he does not. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the ground, you know, he looked like uh, he was not prepared for many things. And it wasn't like uh, his opponent, you know, was doing a whole lot of great things down there. It was just that he just didn't look that he was prepared for the level that he's at right now for that fight to be on the ground. And so he's going to have to be very careful because, you know, if you're a coach, if I was a coach and I'm watching this and he's my my fighter's opponent, I know where I, what I want to do with this fight, yeah. you know, because I saw it. I saw where he's going to have problems. So he's going to have to be making this up. But it, it was, you know, split decision I, you know, on it. Okay. Uh, I can see, you know, where there wasn't a ton to go off of. No. Both guys had their rounds. I thought, you know, Oki got the fight, you know, he lost the one round. I thought he won two of them, but, you know, welcome to the big leagues. Mm-hmm. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, Kwamba, he took the fight on short notice, and he also normally yeah. fights at 45. Okay. And this fight was at 55. So, and you could see there was a little bit of a size difference. Hesitation. Not much, though, in terms of he walks around yeah. at a 55-pound weight class, maybe even up to close to 170. But, you know, it's like he, he's used to fighting guys at 145. Yeah. So he's uh, Oki looked bit Oki yeah, looked just muscular compared to him. Yeah, I mean, like Kwama's just a he's a he's a weight bully at one forty five. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I there thought you know. I thought I thought he fought well. I thought he fought well for someone who took the fight on short notice and fighting up a weight class. Absolutely. And I yeah. can't you can't knock guys like that, man. And, I, and again, I'm being okay. In your opinion, I thought he basically almost gave away the first round mm. off of being too respectful. I think uh, the expectations of, okay, how do I fight this guy? Short notice. I didn't get enough time to do the research, you know, just kind of feeling. And, you know, John, when you take fights out there on short notice, just feel what are your options? Your options are go hard and try and get him out of there or carry this thing as long as I can. Hopefully he makes a mistake and I can exploit it before I get tired. So that it's a shitty situation to be in, you know, and for Oki, it's, it's, it's a hard situation as well because you're like, Okay, I haven't been able to do enough research on this guy. Like, how good is he really? Is he the way he looks on film, or is he? Am I going to get something different out here? You know, and is he going to fight me aggressive in the first round, or is he going to try to pace himself? And I think you could tell after the first two minutes he was going to try to pace himself. Yep, so. absolutely. Uh, but, next fight. Oh, we had Bruno Brazil going up against Loma. It doesn't have Loma's no, name up there, and it's Lucumbi. Yeah. Well, no, but, no, 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 no. Not according to Dom Lou, Cruz. Lou. Do not say the K. Yeah. yeah. It was a very yeah. awkward silence when Dom that was called horrible. out. It was, it was so bad. Was horrible. DC, no. Don't pr- stop yeah. pronouncing the K. The K is silent. I was like, what the hell? Wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. man. And then they, then they, none of them said anything for like a good 20 seconds. I was like, I almost text DC going, this is a little awkward. <laughs> No, no. I would have texted DC. Hey, did you kill him? Yeah, I just <laughs> not <right>. talking. <laughs> no one was saying anything for like another another fifteen seconds or twenty seconds, yeah. but it was 
It's a little but awkward. Loma against Loma against uh, Bruno Brazil. I really like Loma in the mm-hmm. stand-up. I thought I actually thought Bruno Brazil did a good job mm-hmm. in the stand-up against her. I thought overall she was aggressive. She tried to be like, a little bit like uh, a Marina Rodriguez in uh, stalking and you know lunging in with her shots at times. I think Loma just had us a little bit too much experience and uh, it was just a little bit better on the feet. And when it got to take down, she got a couple, you know, late in the rounds and things like that. But overall, I was impressed with Bruna. I just thought that Loma did win the fight. It wasn't, you know, wasn't that action packed. Yeah. But the one next, I'm going to tell you, I enjoyed. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Devin Clark took on Marcin. Pracnio, Pracnio, and uh, man, I think those guys fought. Yeah, they fought their asses off. Yeah, they gave everything. Devin Clark took multiple knees to the body that would have folded many people. Okay, I know they hurt him, and he just sucked it up and kept fighting, and he put on a hell of a performance in coming back because. Marcin Pragnio was giving him problems in the first, you know, couple of rounds. And he just hung in there. And by the end, he had Pragnio kind of in trouble and he was going after him. Both guys gave everything they had. This is one of those ones where I look and I go, hey, thank you, man. You gave it everything you had. You didn't, you didn't save anything for the end. You put it all out there. Beautiful performance by both. I hate seeing someone lose yeah. that kind of fight. <clears throat> I thought it was the kicks that changed everything. <coughs> Pracnio was just the way he was able to set up his kicks and his combinations off of his kicks. The kicks were just something that threw him off completely. The way he was mixing it up and it threw it threw Devin Clark off pretty much the whole fight. When I came out, I was expecting Devin Clark just to kind of walk him down, throw big shots and land clean <clears throat> and be the bully. And get in for the takedown. Yeah, and look for it there. Um the thing with Devin, I believe, he's got He's got a tattoo of USA wrestling on his calf. Yeah. Utilize that. Like, well, I, like <laughs> you've got to have some wrestling. If you have that tattoo on your body, dude, take a look at his legs. Yeah, no, I know. I said, just, they're massive. And I'm thinking to myself, just utilize it. You don't have to, you don't have to get the takedown. You just got to threaten it to make him think that you're going to get the takedown. So your big shots land. And he just wasn't doing it. And I was getting like, I was kind of like, man, what is going on? But Pracnia looked good. He was in, out of positions. He was in, shooting in, throwing his kicks, throwing the head kicks, throwing. He was doing everything really well. The combinations were coming off of it. I thought he fought a good fight. I thought he fought a really good fight. I'm excited to see uh, him fight again. He fought a good fight. Yeah. He His footwork is, it's not smooth. No. And, and they were kind of trying to say it was, it, it's not smooth. But it works for him, and it created problems mm-hmm. for Devin Clark in the way that he did it. And he, it, a lot of you know his switching from orthodox into southpaw opened up some of those kicks. And that that one deliver kick that he hit multiple times that <clears throat> Clark blocked with his elbow to a point, but still it was it was digging into his side. That, that sucks. That hurts. When like for the for the people listening at home, I want you guys to understand when somebody in a fight changes position, when they switch their stance, I, you guys have to think you're the f- other fighters. Mind needs a second to reset. What combinations come off of this? And that's what's going on right there. And so when you guys when you guys say like, hey, as soon as he switches, 
my coach always told me, as soon as they switch, throw something, anything. Yeah. Because their brain also, when they switch, to, needs to readjust as well. Everyone is sitting there saying, what can I do now? Yeah. Where am I at? Both parties yeah. are going, he switched. Oh, shit, I switched. Like, okay, how do I, what, what is he, what is he going to do? What do I have to do? He's like, yeah. whatever it is, as soon as he switches, go right to the inside leg go. kick. No matter what, just go to the inside leg kick. Just throw it, no matter what. You know, or throw the calf kick, whatever it is. It was just something to get them thinking, like, as soon as they switch, you don't want to switch because every time you switch, I'm going to throw something. And I could just tell, though, that, like, Devin Clark was struggling with the switch. He was struggling with the way that the kicks were coming from different angles. Combinations were coming from different angles. Everything was was just throwing him off, and it was just a second behind. Had he not been a second behind, some of his shots would have landed, maybe even got him out of there, got Prakio out of there. Yeah. So, But great fight by both. I mean... This is what I sit there and say, a fight sometimes like this is technically there's a lot of mistakes yeah. and that's what makes it a great fight. And this one was, and both guys put everything out there. So thank you very much. I do appreciate that kind of fight. Max Griffin taking on Jeremiah Wells. <laughs> Jeremiah Wells is a rock. Yeah. He is just a physical rock. <laughs> Max Griffin putting on a, a really tough performance, putting on, you know, he took a lot of damage at certain points in it. He came back and put damage on Jeremiah Wells. Jeremiah Wells does, when you think he's going to do things and like, you know, he's starting to counter it, then he stops. Mm -hmm. He just mix it. He, he changes things in a weird way that <clears throat> throws your timing off, makes it an odd fight for you. I thought that uh, Max Griffin came in and, and didn't, you know, what he had to do to win. It was an awkward fight for him. But nice win by Max. I know he was upset with uh, the split decision. Sal Del Mato. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Max, you're never going to get every judge to look. And I know he's he has said that Sal's gone against him a couple of times. It's He's not against you. He's looking at what he believes is the most effective shots landed. And Jeremiah had some good shots landed. And everything's about the angle of when it happens and where he's at and where you're at. Some of the things that, you know, you could be throwing that land, he might not see. Yeah. Tough. It is. It is. I mean, look. Well, you know, you sat there. You sat there in that seat. Mm -hmm. Basically, you don't get to see everything. I mean, but I'm normally right. So that's, it kind of makes it easier. Ah, when you know that you're going to be right, no matter what the decision so, is. Like so then... What we need to do is make sure that you are the judge on Max Griffin's next fight, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Easy work. Easy work. Did you see Chris Lieben working tonight? No, I did not. Did I? Chris Lieben was working good as a for judge. Him. I like the thing. guy, man. Super good guy. <coughs> great guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. You know, it's funny. It's, it's one of the great things when we were working for Bellator was that we get to, you see uh, Chris, you see him around, you see uh, Frank Trigg. Trigg. Yeah, you know, you'll, see, you'll see some past fighters in there. You know, it's yep. nice to kind of see him. Well, it's funny, but yeah, and this is the thing that, you know, I've tried to tell people forever, you know, everyone's like, you need to put fighters in there and stuff. And it's like, okay, they have to be the same thing. They have to be trained like anybody because it's different. Right. And then as soon as Frank, you know, makes a decision that someone doesn't like, he sucks. He's no better than anyone. Get rid of him. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You wanted fighters in there. Same thing with, you know, Chris Lieber. I've seen it where, you know, Chris is, you know, scored and somebody goes, he doesn't know what he's looking at. No, no. He just fought for yeah. so many years. And you know more. I know that, you know. 
you can't make everybody happy from the couch baby from the couch they're all legends that's it babe (laughs) next fight ah we had bogon guskov against zach pauga i do like the ending of this one and what he said though (coughs) did you hear what he said what did he say he said that winning your first fight in the UFC oh, is better. Geez, I did see that. I did hear that. <laughs> Bro, you're doing it uh, wrong, motherfucker. You're, you're doing something wrong. Something's wrong, right? But uh, that was look. That was a, that was a nice knockout. You know, was, Zach's got a good stand up. Yeah, he can take shots, and so that that's a big win for uh, Bogdan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Puga, he look, he looked good. I thought Puga was like doing a really good job, and then Goskov, um, Goskov or whatever. He, he just has. You know, I try. There's a fighter that re- he reminds me of. I just can't remember off the top of my head. Just fights so relaxed out there. He's hmm. out there with his hands kind of coming from his hips. They're not. They're. It's a little bit like a Yuri Procheska kind of, but. It's just not as wild, I guess, as Yuri, but just yeah. I don't know what it was. Something about him reminded me of another fighter um from back in the day. Maybe like an Andre Semenov. That's an old name that you probably I know you remember, but you know what of I mean? Of course. Andre Semenov against someone like Ivan Solomon. Yeah. I, you know, Come on, like, baby. But there's just Trevor fought Andre Semenov three times. Dude. <laughs> That's horrible. Andre Semenov. Okay. Andre Semenov. It was tough. It's funny. Because you you look back and you go, who are the first Russian fighters that anyone ever truly ever heard of? Yeah. Who was the first one you ever heard of? Uh, Igor Vachenshin. Sorry, okay. no, no, no. It was the one that knocked out Hanzo. Uh, the one that's in movies now. Oh, Oleg Tartarov. Tartarov. Okay, He's no, he didn't knock out Hanzo. Hanzo. Sorry, out. yeah, vice versa. My up <laughs> kick, up kick to the face. Yeah, the, I mean the the very first ones. There was Igor Zinoviev. I remember him. Do you remember Igor Zinoviev? Yes. Do you know who Igor Zinoviev? Do you know what Igor Zinoviev ended up being? No. Go ahead. You got me. Go he ahead. was the bodyguard for Jeffrey Epstein. Shut the fuck. Swear to God. Shut the front door. <laughs> Can you believe that? Well, yeah. Frank Shamrock ended Igor Zinoviev's career. I do remember him. When he picked him up and slammed him and knocked him out, broke his collarbone, mm-hmm. separated. Yes. Right? And uh that was the end of his career. Yeah, and then he became a bodyguard. So where is he at now? <laughs> why can't why can't we get I, him to define the Epstein list? Let's go. I Let's call this know. motherfucker up. I don't know. Yeah. So but you had him, you had Igor Bochancha, but Andre Semenov was the first one really after Igor Zinoviev in the UFC. You know that was that really was the Russian. This this kid's good. Yeah, but yeah, right. he was good. But remember the the smaller one that fought Chuck Liddell was the better. Oleg Taktarov was the one the the first. Yes, and that's you know you got to figure Oleg came in at UFC uh-huh. six. Mm-hmm. Who so. who was the one that came with Andre Semenov? He was the smaller guy fought Chuck Liddell. Oh, Sulev. Yeah, uh, was Sulev. was his first name? Amir Sulev. Amir Sulev. He was yeah. good, but he should have been Dude, a 70-pounder. His nose went half. <laughs> yeah, but he should have been a 70-pounder. He was so damn tight. Oh, my God. He was, like, well, yeah, I'm like, what are you doing fighting at 205? Oh, dude, he fought at every weight. He was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You have Oleg there. Oleg was the first. Yeah. Andre, Amar Sula. Amar Sula. Okay, there you go. Look at that nose. Look at how tiny he is, though. Fantastic. Yeah, and then Andre Semenov. <laughs> yep. All from Red Devil Sport Club. Yeah. 
Good God, man. Yeah. Those, uh, yeah, Frank Shamrock Crazy. picked him up on a double leg and lifted and slammed him right on his head. Yeah. That was Zinoviev, yeah. Yeah, that guy could fucking fight. Yeah. Trevor fought yep. him, I think, three times. Can you look it down? Scroll down. He fought Floravante. Luigi Floravante. Oh, yeah. He fought Luigi Floravante. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Dude, he fought him all. George Santiago. Take a look at Trevor Prangley there. Dennis Kang. He fought everybody. Yeah, I remember man. the Dennis Kang fight. Yeah. That was a great fight. Remember Gregory? Okay, here's you remember Gregory Babane from uh, Bellator? From France? Yes. He fought, he, he fought freaking Andre Seminoff. Jeez. Scroll down more. <laughs> scroll down. Yeah, Trevor's there again. See, Trevor beat him yeah. two, two, maybe just two times. A draw Mike with Pyle. Dennis Kane and, and a draw with Mike Pyle. Man, that's some old school history. Martin right there. Campman. Curtis Look Stout. That. Man. See? Jeez. Oof. That's some old school stuff. M1 Global. I remember that. Yeah. Mm -mm -mm. Anyways. Oh man, what what is some history there? All right, let's go back to the the fight card. There's the I'm gonna give a little love to uh, Gilmer Melendez's guy, that. Jake Shield. Gilmer Melendez's guy there, uh, Hyder Emil. Hyder Emil, good fight, man. Kid's tough. Yeah, kid's tough. Is. Doesn't always fight the smartest. And that was I want to say I think he had a three opponent changes. Yeah, I mean it's never easy. He, he uh, ended up having his opponents fall out one, two. I think this was Jeez. his third here. With Fernie Garcia taking it. So that's never an easy thing. Oh, yeah. Kind of gets to you. And he went out there and put on a good performance. Good on him, man. Good. I thought he looked good. Uh did some good yeah. stuff. Has some heavy shots, man. He's got some he's got some big power. He's got some yeah. power for a little guy. But I uh, gotta give him some love, man. Give him a little bit of love. All right, hey, that's gonna wrap up our uh what is this? Vegas eighty six? Mm -hmm. Seven. Eighty seven. Eighty seven. Eighty seven, right, Dave? Eighty six. Ah, I was off. And sorry, it's not a still trap door anymore. Pfft. Wrong again. <laughs> Mine isn't what it used to be. All right, guys. Yeah. Hey, before we leave, though, go to WayneInMerch.com. WayneInMerch.com. Pick up some of our hoodies, our sweaters, our apparel. Everything available out there. Uh, winter season is coming to a close. So the hoodies are up and available for you guys. Up until then, got long sleeve shirts and short sleeve shirts available. So and some hats as well. So check it out at WayneInMerch.com. Anything else, John? Not for that. It is over. The UFC Fight Night 86 done. So now we can watch the Super Bowl. Go Chiefs!